Praise the Lord. We are so grateful unto God once again for giving us this opportunity to come and worship at his feet. So if you are here, you have to be happy that you are before your God. Today being a Father's Day, it has pleased the Lord that we change it a bit to suit the occasion. And as such, we thought of it that there is nobody that we can invite than our own man, Elder Kevin Anna. He is here with the wife, and we want to recognize the wife, Madam Evelyn. God bless you for coming. Praise the Lord. Our God is indeed good. And all the time, well, we bring you greetings from our daughters. And they salute all fathers in this house. This is a progressive church. Every time I come, I see something new. You've got to applaud yourselves for what I see. When I entered pastor's office, I could see that the levels have changed. Now you have holy place and you have holy of holies. Amazing, yeah? Dan Suman PIWC, you are trailblazers. Keep going. And we celebrate you. I'm from a PIWC, but I'm humble enough to admit that you are trailblazers. Well, this morning being Father's Day, happy Father's Day to all fathers and father figures and persons who have the responsibility of fathering others who may not necessarily be your biological children. As since 2017, the Lord had burdened me about the issues of men like never before. As you well know, my first book was on women becoming a beauty for his glory. That was the first book. And I got some accusations from some men that it appears that whenever I speak, I speak and advocate for women. Of course, I'm a father of two daughters, and therefore sometimes the bias finds expression in some of the things I do. And more so, 75% of the people I counsel are females, and therefore you should understand that women tend to open up more and men tend to process and think through to be sure they are safe enough to open up. So by the time the men are done with their thinking, we're already gone. <laughs> Yesterday on Farm Live, I was discussing the story of this wonderful father of five-year-old girl. And I was amazed at the street where I usually buy the papers. By the time I left the studio, they were all finished. People were listening and going to get the mirror. <laughs> if you've seen it and haven't read it, if your father here, please read it. This gentleman called William Oforiata, I don't know him. He's a gymnast, a fitness instructor, who is co-parenting a five-year-old daughter and has a principle that says, I want to be present instead of giving presence. Some of us are not present in our children's life, but we give them presence. And that is not the way to go. In 2018, my pastor called me, Pastor Benofer, but he said, Elder, can we have a conversation about men? 
And so he gave me the task to go and pray and think of what to talk about. And when I considered it carefully, the Lord gave me a message titled, When Men Hurt, Who Helps Them? In fact, on Thursday, I'll be at Sakumono Pia and we are talking about why men cry. Because the traditional maxim is that Bemensu. But men cry, except that oftentimes it doesn't show in their faces. It is in their deep recesses of their heart. I want us to watch a short video of a man called Diego. And Diego is a disturbed husband. And listen to Diego. Diego goes to the hospital and um, he is being given attention by the doctor. And as the doctor gives him attention, so these are some of the things we've been doing for men. It's called mobilizing males. It is the only event in the country where fathers and sons hear the same message at the same time. And I've discussed with Pastor, hopefully this year's edition will bring it to Dan Soman. It brings fathers from corporate, church, and community together for us to discuss issues of men because I am a firm believer that there ought to be some balance in our conversation and discussion of the issues hey, of men. Nice to see you again. Hello, doctor. You're here for your annual check. Can you show the Diego uh, slide, please? Yes. Let's okay, listen yes. to Diego. Good, good. Before we get started, how's everything been? Eh, you know, still married, so pretty shitty. Huh. You know what they say. Secret to a happy marriage remains a secret. A secret oh. to a happy marriage remains that, secret. Um, that, that doesn't help me at all. Do you smoke? No. You sure? No. You're not sure? I, I mean, I occasionally have like a cigarette or, or like a joint or crack. It's a yes or no question, Diego. Okay, yes. Do you drink? No. Are you sure? I, I mean, like, at, like casually, like at a party or a wedding or something like that. No. Or like my house, alone, every night. Does it sound familiar? Just like a glass of wine at dinner. Okay, that's healthy. And then a shot of tequila. Okay. And then another shot. Um, and then a few more. And then some more. And then I usually pass the out. The man who doesn't do the thing is taking a few more. a few more. <laughs> so the answer is yes. Yeah, I drink. Do you take any drugs? No. Are you sure? I mean, like, I'll, I'll, occasionally I'll smoke a little weed here and there. Like, I'll do a little blow at a party. Some shrooms. Nothing crazy. Yes or no? Yes, I take drugs. Any prescription pills or over-the-counter medicine? No. You sure? I mean, I, I take like Advil, Motrin, Tylenol, stuff like that. How often? Um, every time my wife talks to me. Why? Because take I know notes. it's going to Every time my wife so talks to me. So the answer is yes. Yes. Diego, are you a stressed person? Me? No, no, not at all. How's your wife? <laughs> okay, I'm stressed. Are you engaging in sexual activity? No. You sure? I mean, like, occasionally, like, on our anniversary, stuff like that. And this activity is. They only with have your wife? sex during their wedding anniversary. Well, whoever you're having sex with, um, are you using protection? Uh, I, I don't like guns. I mean, a condom. Oh, yes. Are you sure? I mean, there are exceptions. How many exceptions? I can't remember. Why can't you remember? Because I drink. Why do you drink? Because I'm stressed. And what do you do when you're stressed? Prescription drugs. And what causes the stress? My wife. Well, Diego, if it isn't obvious already, I'd say the source of the problem is pretty apparent. Yeah, I know. I agree. Obviously, the biggest problem in your life is... That your... I don't drink enough. What? What? Thank you. Now, this is Diego who goes to the doctor, and the doctor engages him in conversation, trying to understand his situation. And he situates his problem with his wife. 
And as a result of the way the wife speaks to him, he's taken to drinking, taken to smoking, taken to doing drugs, and he's becoming depressed, and he's finding a way to suppress his depression. He literally lives in a state of denial. Countless men are in a state of denial, so they wear what we call a mask. They mask their real emotions and intentions. There's this police officer who is currently Africa's only blind police officer. He's in Kenya. Just look at him. Look at his face. This was visited upon him by his wife, who electrocuted him, but he didn't die. But she poured sulfuric acid on his face and rendered him totally blind. But the Kenyan government decided to keep Don Motakaya in the police service still as a police officer. He's a blind police officer. And he was rendered blind by his wife who was angry with him. And whilst he was asleep, she poured sulfuric acid on his face and set a bucket in place and filled the floor with water and plugged the electricity in the water. So in the event that he got out of bed, he would be electrocuted to death. But he survived. He tells a story. You can Google his name and read his story. Now, some of us are fathers, biological or otherwise. And listen to this girl whose video I made my team play yesterday. So for those of you who heard it, um, don't be bored with repetition. Just listen to this girl talk about her father. Daddy is the sweetest daddy in the world. Daddy is the most handsome. The smartest. The most clever. The kindest. my Superman. Daddy wants me to do well at school. Daddy is just great, but... He lies. How many fathers are lying? And listen to the things the father lies about, which the daughter had observed. He lies about having a job. He, still he said lies about having money. Hmm. He lies that he is not tired. He lies that he is not hungry. He lies that we have everything.
He lies about his happiness. He lies because of me. petrified father and a candid daughter well we're speaking to the subject our fathers who are on earth how are you our fathers who are on earth how are you the WHO defines health as not necessarily the absence of disease or sickness. Now, what has been observed over the period is that popular image of men on television, on radio, is not palatable. The portrayal of men as people who are full of power, who are in control, who win at all times, they have no struggle whatsoever. They show no tenderness. They show no vulnerability. They show no love. They show no sensitivity. It's becoming very common. And it has been summarized that all the problems of women is on the doorstep of men. That's unfortunate. That is the Diego principle where he blames all his issues on his wife and takes no personal liability or responsibility. And there are a number of myths that many men have bought into. One of them is men are big, brave, and strong. Men are not emotional and therefore do not express affection. Men are not weak and therefore they must not cry. Yesterday I was asking a group of men in a church where I spoke, when last did your child or wife see you cry? And some as far away as 20 years ago. That's not healthy emotions. Because every normal human being gets hurt at a certain point. Maybe you have to learn how to sing, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. It's been said that men have an insatiable appetite for sex and therefore the only thing on their mind is sex when they see a woman. Is that true? It has been said popularly that men's value is in the ability to achieve and therefore if you are an underachiever and an underperformer, you are not a man. You are defined by your role rather than your essence. Some people say that men are the opposite of women and therefore we always are opposite in direction. And so we can never go monodirectional. Dr. Peter Baker, Director of Global Action on Men's Health, observed as follows in one of the Lancet researches that was done in 2018 in April. He says, men's health has for far too long been a problem hiding in plain sight 
at both the global and local levels. Men's poor outcomes, not least in terms of premature mortality, are obvious but have not been addressed effectively by either policymakers or practitioners. There are now at least some signs of change, but are they enough to make a difference, he asked. The health of men, according to WHO in 2015, stated that the average man's life expectancy was 69 years. By comparison, average global life expectancy of women is 74 years. Look at the disparity. The difference in life expectancy between men and women globally widened to about 30% since 1970. Men are likely than women to die from cancer, cardiovascular disease, suicide, road traffic accident, and other major causes of death. They are more likely to smoke, drink alcohol excessively, and have a poor diet as a result of stress. There's a gentleman by name, Luis. I'm trying to control from here. It's not responding, so please follow me. There's a gentleman whose book I recommend to you. He's called Lewis Howells. He talks about the nine mask men wear. And I plead with you, just Google his name, Lewis Howells. H-O-W-E-S. And it's the mask of masculinity. But the, first, like the, first... the first mask he talks about is the stoic mask. A man who is always in control and able to achieve. The athlete mask. The material mask, the sexual mask, the aggressive mask, the joker mask, the invincible mask, the know-it-all mask, and the alpha mask. I've seen a lot of men wear these masks in my sessions. And in Judges chapter 16 and verse 19, we read, She made him sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shaved off the seven locks of his hair. Then she began to afflict him and his strength left him. This is about Samson and Delilah. Samson encountered a woman in his life who actually took the life out of him. One of the biggest crises men are facing today has to do with the women who come into their lives who actually suck away the life in them and leave them empty. One of the harrowing experiences I observed not long ago was a lady who got married to this young man who was around 40. And this young man suffered a mouth stroke. And one day wanting to kiss his wife, and the wife says he's salivating, and therefore I can't kiss him. Two weeks later, I heard the lady had packed and left the man. Young couple, under three years of marriage, with their first child, now, men here are faced with many things, and I've identified 12 of them. And if you're a man here, take note of it, and you have to deal with it, because that's where the game changer is. First, frustrations from enemies. Frustrations from enemies. A lot of men have persons who don't like them. And they are frustrating every effort of theirs. I've moved away from the book. Please go ahead. Secondly, Frightened by failure. A lot of men are frightened by the prospect of failing at something that 
they should have done well. Failing as a man, failing as a husband, failing as a father, failing as a career person, failing even as a Christian. Also, faith in people they fellowship with. Men mistrust a lot. And so when they are part of a group, they hardly open up with personal issues, unlike women. Because when men are faced with challenges, they prefer to think through it. But when women have challenges, they prefer to talk through it. And so you want him to talk. He's not ready to talk, and you feel he doesn't like to talk. No. He needs to have faith in that kind of fellowship. Men have fear for friendship. The friendship is usually superficial. It takes just one individual to be a very close friend of a man because men don't build that loyalty easily. To be able to gain the loyalty of a man is a lot of work. A man can start with his head, but his heart takes a while to come in. Women start with their heart, and when they start thinking through the issues, they become psychiatric. The other thing that faces men is fighting for family. And you saw the video of the, the child. She was talking about the father. The father was fighting. Fighting. A lot of men are fighting, and the fight sometimes gets to them. It predisposes them to healthy issues. Their health is compromised. Their thoughts are compromised. Everything. Then also facing the future. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was faced with the future, and what did he do? He ran to Gethsemane. Facing the future for men is a big issue. And COVID had even worsened the thing. Also, fidelity, the issue of fidelity. It's a critical thing that every man in this room has to pay attention to if you want to stay healthy. Then faltering finances. Oh, that one, need I say anything? When a man is insolvent, his wealth comes to a halt. L'argent ne parle. Those who understand my little French. When a man is confronted with a difficult decision, like Ahab. Ahab was confronted with a difficult decision of taking Naboth's land, and his wife was literally scolding him. Scolding him. Then also, when men experience what we call trumped-up charges, it's a legal terminology that means are false charges, false accusations. There are a lot of men who have been falsely accused, and they were not listened to. The Me Too movement became a very powerful tool to immobilize men and to silence men. A lot of men were in fear. A lady can just say, he kissed me, and nobody would disbelieve it. Even when there's no evidence, they say, granted the benefit of doubt. That's where the lawyers start from, benefit of doubt. But no man is often given benefit of doubt. Your accusers always stand taller than you are. And they will disbelieve you and believe your accusers. But I pray that it will be said of you, where are thy accusers? You to go and see no more. Amen? Then also they need a fulcrum. A fulcrum is something that stabilizes you to stay faithful. A lot of men have lost their fulcrum because they are being chased by ferocious females. They have become entrapment, booby traps in the offices. They call themselves a new name called slay queens. And they will slay you and slit your throat. 
They don't just slay you these days. They slit your throat. The Bible says in Proverbs 21 and verse 9 and Proverbs 25 verse 24, it is better to live in a corner of a roof than in a house shared by a contentious woman. Now, those women who have turned their homes into torture chamber, heat ovens, you will lose your men. Because men don't like heat. When heat is seen, they run for cover to protect themselves from further harm or hurt. What are some of the unspoken needs of men? Men have needs. And when men have these needs, they expect their spouses and the ladies in their life to meet these needs. In Proverbs 31, verse 23, 25, and 26, from the contemporary English Bible, I've put them together. Her husband is a well-known and respected leader in the city. She is strong and graceful, as well as cheerful about the future. Her words are sensible, and her advice is thoughtful. This is the kind of woman that causes a man to excel. Anything short of this, you will damage the man. Do we have women who can cause their husbands to become well-respected in the city? And these women, they are strong. They are not weaklings. They are strong women because they stabilize you. Some of you may have heard when I had injury and I hit my jaw to the side of a covert and the diagnosis was to put a wire in my jaw. And that thing, they said when they put it over six months, you're not going to speak. And I sat there when the doctor showed the thing to me, looked at the images, and I was scared. And I spoke to Evelyn, my wife, and she says, this will never happen. I had totally lost faith. But the faith of my wife enabled me to have faith that our God is still doing the miracle stuff. And then I go to see somebody they call a maxillofacial specialist. That was the first time I heard the word. At 37, and he looked at the images. He said, I need one more image, and I'll look at it and bring a conclusion. And here are specialists, dentists, about six of them, all surrounding one person. And then he lifted the image, and he said, when I brought it to him, he said, oh, elder, you don't need a fanciful surgery. I have found a very quick way of resolving the issue, and you don't need that. Less than a month, you'll be talking, you'll be preaching, you can do everything. And here I stand in the name of the Lord, proclaiming the word of the Lord. Because my wife became my enabler. There are too many women who are dismissive. She's cheerful about the future. Her words are sensible. Not the woman who says, Manoe, yes, meko. And men have needs. And I'll be ending on that. The first need that a man has is someone to believe in him. If you're a woman here and you want a man to be fulfilled in the company that you give him, he needs someone who believes in him. Someone who admires him. You see how he will flourish. The second thing a man needs He's looking forward to getting it from his wife or the lady is one who actually raises his spirit and his hopes high. Not one who actually dents his hope 
and detonate his bubble. Can you raise your man's spirit higher? Are you that kind of a woman? The man is also thirdly looking for that person who comes and inspires his passion and his ambition. Not one who comes to compete with him and contest with him and jostle him out of the space. There's too much competition in our world today. Why? Then the magazine can, what men can do, women can do, and even better. That's a lie. The truth is that what women can do, only women can do and do it well. And what men can do, only men can do and do it well. Sometimes people talk as if, <laughs> in the olden days, there were prophets and there were prophetess. There were women who were accomplished. The prophet study one woman, she buys her things from the high seas. She was a business tycoon. And the Bible says that she, she sees a land and she buys it. So women didn't start buying land today. In the Old Testament, they were buying land. Let's not create an impression that anybody had been suppressed anywhere. You know, many men are suffering things they were not responsible for. In the name of patriarchy, a lot of men are sick. Why? Because I did not contribute to the so-called patriarchy. Why must I suffer it? It's a huge debate we must have, a huge conversation we must have. Do you admire the man in your life? Do you admire his passion or you kill his passion? One word from a woman can kill your passion. I was in Kumasi for a marriage seminar. One lady has said to the husband, we are Burma. And the man moved out of the bedroom and went to stay in the guest room because Minya Bema. And for two years, so as I was speaking, it touched his heart. The lady walked to me and said, I have said this to my husband. I think I need to retract. I've sent a lot of people to apologize. He's still not listening because he says that Onya Bema. One word. The fifth thing that men need is someone to encourage him that he could have more than one thing on his mind. You see, the falsity is that men don't think about anything except they see opportunity. Because some of the men indeed suffer what I call Pampana syndrome. He sees a fair-colored lady, Bushia, a dark-skinned lady, Bushia, chocolate-colored, Bushia, and there's Bushiaen, Bushiaen, people's wife, Bushia. Because many suffer this trophyism where he adds it to the, his trophies. And it gives him ego and boost and pump up. I was at a restaurant. And whilst I was sitting, three men were sitting there and were talking about their escapades. One started, Mammy Fita Cradi, many a crow, a shaman, or just walk. Mamma Crum, you fancy ya. And the other guy goes, Oh, ma, eating me, I mean, a crow, Then one goes, like, what the Martin and Macatkis, or a running bill of Mary, or until Madame Governor, my phone, serious crow. Can you imagine? And I looked at them, and they, they had no shame. They were talking about this with such impunity. May God save us from those kinds of men. No, no, no. I, I said, may God save us from those kinds of men. I pray that in PIWC Dansuma here, we don't have that kind of men. Who think adultery is a new ice cream? Infidelity is a new field for fodder. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 6.32, I like it in the Message Bible. It says, adultery is a brainless act. 
soul-destroying, self-destructive. And he says that you will have a bloodshot eye, a bloody nose, and a reputation ruined for good. That is the weight of adultery. So in this church, let us not fan into flame the tendencies of adultery. Because today it has become the new normal. Because, you see, when normal looks boring, abnormal looks attractive. And that is a principle that is ruling. I close on this. The man also needs a helpmeet to lift him out of the normalcy trap. Too many men have to break bank accounts to prove a point. For Val's Day, for Mother's Day, for wife's birthday, for this. If you don't do it, then you are not a man because the other guy threw a lavish party. Hey, can you lift your man from this traditional trap? Because you see, the traditional trap is this, that we the men were supposed to be breadwinners. Now our wives are no longer in the house. They are with us in the corporate space. And I dare add that some women are earning more than their husbands and still want to cash in on the traditional mindset. How is that possible? So my question is, you are supposed to be a help suitable for you. How are you helping your husband? It is the normalcy trap. Because it starts with when the women say that your money is our money, but my money is my money. The Lord be our help. Are we here with the women? The Lord is giving us a woman. You've moved, moved to the last slide. That's this, uh, after this, the sixth one. From the normalcy trap. What is it that your man sees as normal? The Bible calls you a helpmeet suitable for him. So if your husband is able to provide everything for the house and says keep your money, that's a helpmeet for him. But if your husband needs you to be part of the help so that you raise your children and to keep the family together, you've got to prove yourself to be a help. Some women have become leeches. Leeches, they are just sucking out the life out of. And that's what happened to Samson. Delilah sucked the life out of Samson. Our fathers on earth, how are you? Our women can add to us. Yesterday, my wife gave me a shirt and I took it to the studio. As soon as I entered, the young lady said, wow, this shirt is fantastic. It must have been bought by a woman. I said, yes, my wife. You see, men, don't be afraid that your wives would excel. Get your wives to excel in whatever endeavor they pursue. And when they excel, the overflow will reach you. But if you distract them and they cannot rise and excel, it would also impact you because they cannot be help suitable for you. A young man who had done his PhD, his wife wanted to pursue PhD. He looked at the wife and said, over my dead body. And I was so appalled that a person who is supposed to know better, who could push his wife to go and pursue further studies, is now becoming a constraint and an obstructive tendency in the life of the wife. Our fathers on earth, how are you? And Jesus grew in wisdom in stature, in favor with God and in favor with men. My dear men, it's not enough to commemorate your day 
that it's important to sustain the fire and the momentum of decent men in the land. Let's raise a new crop of men whose wives will see them as a heaven and their children will see them as heroes. Then our job is done. God bless you.